0: Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio, and I love all things tech. And um looking at the calendar. It looks like it's a Friday. That means it's time for another classic episode of Tech Stuff. This episode we're about to listen to, originally published back in February 2013, and it's all about Nikola Tesla. And I'm sure you guys are at least familiar with the name. Tesla has been the featured player in many an internet meme over the past several years. And there are a lot of stories about him. Some of them are true and some of them are um, probably exaggerated and some of them might just be completely off base. So I wanted to develop a full episode about Tesla and talk about him, his good points, his bad points, everything in between. And that's what we're going to listen to. So let's sit back and hear this classic episode of Tech Stuff. We are focusing, finally, after many, many, many people have asked us to do a full episode about Nikola Tesla. Yay! The internet legend. The, yes. the, the, the The man placed on a virtual pedestal on the internet that is gleaming and beauteous and will zap you if you ever dare say anything against him.
1: He is, he is staring at us from the walls of the podcast room right now.
0: Yes, he is. He's yes, judging he is. us. Now, the question of whether or not he'll be staring at us in our news studio Ooh. remains to be answered. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably end up propping him up on a mic stand or something, so he's still judging us constantly. Yeah. But, yeah, we want to talk about Tesla, kind of talk about his, his contributions to technology, and also maybe take a, a critical look at some of the um, – some of the claims about Tesla and some of the the misconceptions people have about his contributions. Yeah, because uh, he's he's
1: a mythological figure, really, a mythological nerd figure, which is which is fabulous. I mean, it's really terrific, and, and it's 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 understandable why, because he he by the end of his life was so downtrodden, and and there's nothing that people and geeks especially love more than and than an antihero.
0: Yeah, here, here's a guy, who has been beaten down he's he's uh, seen his fortunes dwindle away he's he's made some bad choices uh, he has all the earmarks of a classic geek geeks love this underdog kind of story and and when you get into things like sort of the 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 demonification of other people, Edison in particular. Yeah. But even people like JP Morgan and Westinghouse, then it seems like the whole world had turned against him. And and depending on how you look at his story, it can definitely come across that way. But that's doing a little bit of a disservice to the entire tale. And the reason why I'm talking about it in this way is because there is what we, what some people refer to as the cult of Tesla. Right, This idea of elevating him beyond what his contributions were. Uh, there was a, a, a cartoon that I think a lot of you guys out there saw because you posted about it on our Facebook page uh, that the oatmeal did. All about Tesla and his um, contributions and his rivalry with Edison, and kind of comparing him favorably against Edison in every single category, and uh, saying that there should be a Tesla museum. And so uh, we wanted to talk about what Tesla actually did and what he did not do, and uh, and whether or not um, he deserves all those accolades. All those,
1: yeah, yeah, and and just just before anyone who is a rabid fan of the oatmeal. Gets on us because I don't. I do not want to incite your anger. Uh, it's, we realize that it's a comic, and that that although uh, many of the statements are factual, uh, the writer whose name I am completely forgetting right now has come out and said that, hey, uh, this is a comic. I'm I'm a comic artist, and some of this was hyperbole. So
0: yeah, hy- hyper hyper- hyperbole. No, I like it's hyperbole. It's way better than that super one. <laughs> I like the hyperbole a lot more. <laughs> I am never going to let you live that down, and we are not re-recording it. Let's move on. So, yeah, Tesla, born on July tenth, 1856, in what is now Croatia. Now... 1856 by the Gregorian calendar. If you have looked up at Tesla's birth and you saw that it was actually in June, June 28th, that's because at the time they were keeping time with the Julian calendar. Huh. And it's only when you, uh, uh, account for that, when you match those up that you realize that, okay, well, if you're using a, a real calendar, like I do, the one that's on my smartphone, and that's the only way I know what day it is, it was July 10th. So 1856, July 10th, and born in, in, uh, uh, part of uh, Austria-Hungary, which mm-hmm. is now Croatia,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and as a boy, he went to what we would think of in the United States as elementary school or primary school, and studied German arithmetic and religion. Because uh, his dad was a pastor,
1: and his mom's father was a pastor, uh, yep. both both in the Orthodox Church, actually. So
0: yeah, so he he definitely had a, a religious upbringing. Uh, and his father
1: really wanted him to be a priest, by the way.
0: Yes, he did a lot. In fact, he was not so thrilled about Tesla going into engineering. Um, when he was a young boy, Tesla's had, Tesla's older brother named Dane. Died in a tragic accident. He actually fell off a horse and died. Uh, there were some stories that Tesla or Nikola Tesla was um, playing around and spooked the horse. Yeah, that caused yeah, I've Dane heard that. to fall. Yes. Also, that- so
1: actually, I've heard, I'm sorry, I meant to, I meant to insert this earlier, sure. but, but uh, the very first terrific tall tale that I heard about Tesla was that he was born on a dark and stormy night to lightning.
0: Right, right. He was born on the stroke of midnight as lightning crashed in the sky, and that one person said he would be a boy of storms, and his mother said, no, he shall be a man of the light. I might be inserting some of my hyperbole in there. But- <laughs> Goodness, my gracious! Uh, so, yeah, and, and as a child, they moved around a, quite a bit, uh, <laughs> as his father was finding a, a church to be pastor in. And in 1870, so remember, he's born in 1856. By 1870, he moves in with his aunt and starts to attend a school uh, that uh, where a teacher named Martin Sekulcich, uh, sorry, Sekulic, uh So Martin Sekulich is teaching there, and he's teaching math and physics, and Tesla finds both the professor and the subject matter fascinating. Mm -hmm. And he becomes really focused on math and physics. And in fact, he's so focused, he graduates a year early. Goodness. So he was certainly a man of genius. He he possessed a genius and an affinity for physics, for math, for engineering that far outstripped most of his contemporaries.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, but then again, this is also the era where we start seeing these technologies uh And uh, and so it was an exciting time if you were interested in physics because this is when we're making lots of big discoveries, uh, things that some people say are um, low-hanging fruit. You know, in retrospect. The idea that there were all these discoveries to make, but it's hard to see how we're going to uh, advance from this point forward because all the quote-unquote easy things have been discovered. Not that any of these things were easy. It's just that now you you are have to become increasingly specialized in whatever scientific field you're in to sure. really understand it.
1: Sure. But it, you know, while doing this research, it kind of blew my mind. I actually don't have a strong history in in electronic background. And, and it blew my mind that it wasn't until 1873 that that James Clerk Maxwell proved that light is is electromagnetic energy.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, so this is he's he's growing up at a time when uh, these discoveries are being made, and that would uh, impact his own work and in fact, drive him to achieve great things. Uh, also eighteen seventy three that was the year he contracted cholera.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, and it was due to the cholera that he kind of shaped the rest of his life.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, supposedly. there are quite a few things. Yeah, cuz if you if you've heard about Tesla, you know that he uh he reportedly had a bit of uh obsessive compulsive disorder mm-hmm. that he was uh, a germaphobe, that he was a clean uh, he was obsessed with being clean and having clean things around him. He reported in his
1: own biography that he had a severe aversion to touching other people's hair that he um had to do things if if they required repetition in the repetition of threes. And if he did not, then he had to stop and restart.
0: Yeah. Uh, so he he may have developed some of these peculiarities at this time. He was in bed for about nine months, nearly died a few times. Uh, so I would imagine that was definitely something that would shape you, whether or not that... I, I, I'm sure there were other issues that are beyond just getting sick. There mm-hmm. were probably some things that were psychologically uh, part of his... Being from the point where he was born, but we don 't know to what extent obviously and um and you know what 's odd to me? I might as well talk about this for right now so neat freak, if you want to put it that way sure. uh, germaphobe mm-hmm. uh, doesn 't like touching people, loved pigeons, loved them rats with wings that 's what they are <laughs> well
1: that that was that was also towards the end of his life that he uh
0: became obsessed with them.
1: Became incredibly obsessed with pigeons. Yeah, it
0: just makes me think of that great scene in the documentary, The Producers. Boyds. Filthy, rotten Boyds. Yeah. I
1: appreciate that, that your, uh, your Yiddish accent there is is better than mine. That's yeah, excellent. I
0: should also point out that, that that's the 1968 version of the documentary, The Producers, not the musical version starring Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Actually, it's Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder. I'm getting off track. Anyway, um, so yeah, so he, he's he's definitely got some interesting personality quirks. Uh, 1874, he starts to move around a little bit, uh, mostly hiding a- out from the army because in that part of the world, in Austro- Austrio- Austro-Hungary, look, I can't say that. Uh, military- we know
1: words good, guys. Yes, we do. <laughs>
0: thank thank goodness we don't speak into a microphone for a living, right? Uh But back in that time, in that part of the world, army service was required of all young men. There was three years mandatory service, Mm -hmm. and Tesla was not too keen on doing that, so he kind of... um, He was dodging it a little bit. Yeah, he was dodging. That's the best way of putting it. Uh, The next year, 1875, he starts to attend the Austrian Polytechnic School, and he starts off really strong he he's doing really well in his classes. he mm. understands the concepts
1: and unlike some other some other visionaries, like say Stephen Hawking, he was very good in school,
0: yep, yep, also you know not not like Einstein or some of the other uh, famous folks who who seem to have trouble in class now that that was true for about a year, and then about that second year, things began to take a little bit of a dip because uh he began to point out. Uh, shortcomings or what he thought of as shortcomings in his professor's understanding of things like electrical engineering and saying things like you know you could build a device that does the same thing without this one component that you are claiming is absolutely necessary for it to work
1: that furthermore puts off gigantic electrical shocks that are actually pretty dangerous.
0: Like you could do it this way and then uh, if you mouth off to your professors often enough you might find yourself in some academic trouble. And that's kind of what Tesla did. He he began to get disillusioned about uh, pursuing studies in an academic setting. And after about a little over three years, he actually dropped out of, mm-hmm. of the polytechnic school. Uh, so he moved to Slovenia in 1878 to work as a draftsman for an engineering firm. But by 1879, the next year, some... Um, some police officials show up and ask to see his residence papers,
1: Ooh, yeah. which mm-hmm. he did
0: not have. So then he was escorted back to his family's home uh, because he didn't have a residence permit for Slovenia. And that same year, his father passes away. Uh, and Tesla starts to a new career as a teacher in the same school that he attended as a boy, mm-hmm. but realizes very quickly that's not that's what not he for wanted. him yeah he doesn't want to do that um, so then the next year 1880 he moves to Prague he tries to attend Carl Ferdinand University but he's unable to understand Greek or Czech both of which were prerequisites to attend as a student mm-hmm. so instead he audits classes uh, and he begins to work for the Budapest telephone exchange, and also the Central Telegraph Office.
1: 1880, by the way, was the year that, uh, that Thomas Edison unveiled his uh, electric incandescent lamp to the public for the first time.
0: Yep. So that's a good thing to, to keep in mind. There are some big st- things happening at the same time that Tesla's kind of, uh, he, you know, he hasn't really made a name for himself yet. He's mm-hmm. been a, a, a very uh, enthusiastic student at times of his life, and he is certainly interested in in electronics, or really we should say electricity, not Right. electronics. Right. At the That's, time, that was not a Electronics is thing. too yeah. early, but electricity and its applications. Um, so he, he does that for a couple of years. In 1882, he joins the Continental Edison Company and begins to work on things like uh, dynamos, which are well, you've heard us talk about dynamos in our episodes about electromagnets and motors and uh, induction and the reverse of that. So we, I won't go into it. But anyway, he starts to work on that. Now this means that he becomes an employee, although you know indirectly and way down the line of Edison. Right. So yeah, he's uh, sitting there working for uh, the the company of the man who would one day become his greatest rival, according to me. nemesis. Yeah.
1: They have Dragon Ball style fights in the sky.
0: Yeah, they they also would occasionally catch Pokemon, but it was only um, the one that shoots the electricity.
1: I, d- I don't I don't know which one. Oh is. come on,
0: it's Pikachu. I was just <laughs> I was trying to bait Lauren to see if I could I'm get her to. I actually sorry. know that. Dang. Oh, I... you win this time, Vogelbaum. <laughs> uh, so, at this time, he also gets the idea for the AC induction motor, although. Asterisk,
1: not necessarily
0: the first person to think about that.
1: Oh, right. right.
0: Uh, supposedly, in a vision.
1: Oh, well, supposedly he had these visions. Supposedly he uh, was was very light and audio sensitive, and occasionally, upon uh, looking at one object or having a certain idea, would would get an extremely strong visual perception of of something that he had already seen or or of. Uh, nothing, nothing imaginary unless it was a new invention. But, yeah, occasionally he would get these flashes that, that kind of disturbed him a lot, according yeah. to his autobiography.
0: Yeah, so essentially what would happen is he would be walking through a park and look at a beautiful scene. And then suddenly an idea would form, fully formed, in his head. Like it, not not something he had been puzzling about necessarily. It might just be, hey – Boom! Here are all the pieces, and the puzzle is completely put together. You know, we, right. we opened up the box, and the puzzle's there. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to you've been trying to fix this problem for years, and oh, here's the inspiration.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, supposedly he was walking through the city park in Budapest with a friend, and saw a beautiful sunset, and quoted some poetry, and then had an idea for for the induction motor. Yeah. And just threw it in the sand, and then kept walking.
0: Yeah, whether or not that's uh, true, it's hard to say because Tesla, as it turns out, was something of a showman—a
1: little bit of an unreliable narr- narrator, I would say. Yeah,
0: unreliable narrator is a very kind way of putting it. Same sort of thing is true of all the the big names at this time because they were the rock stars oh, of yeah, that of yeah. that era. So Edison, same sort of thing. Edison was a master at at uh, PR. You know, Beyond beyond being the head of a very successful research and development firm, he was very good at presenting his ideas to a public and explaining why they were the best ideas, even if they weren't the best ideas. Right, right. Tesla was – he was no slouch in that department either. There are a lot of people who will paint Tesla as being the, the – the dedicated genius who is working for the betterment of all mankind, but doesn't ever look to get gain glory in the process. That's not entirely accurate.
1: No, that's that's not. If you've ever seen any of the photographs that, that he took around his equipment, I would say that those are not the mark of someone who's not a showman.
0: I saw this one photograph. He looked just like David Bowie. Um, <laughs> I might be mixing that up with a documentary, though. Uh, so then the the... In in uh, in 1882, this whole time where he's making uh, he's working for Edison, he's got this idea for the AC induction motor. He also is reportedly not paid some money for the work he's doing for Edison Company. At least not not all of it. Like there's money due to him that's not being paid, mm-hmm. and this this is. Partly, what lays the groundwork for this whole idea of the heated rivalry between Edison and Tesla. Sure, a lot of it is is money that's withheld from Tesla that was promised to him.
1: I mean, and yeah, and this this was when he was very he was what twenty six at the time, he and was young. and in Paris, and so he was he was really distantly connected from to Edison at the time, but right. yeah.
0: But apparently, nonetheless. Apparently, a grudge started. Right. You use this if you use this and just say like this is indicative of how Edison treats people, uh, it would apparently become company policy not to pay people for their work. That's what that's what's suggested out of this. It also becomes, you know, a, a common thread in Tesla's life of getting uh getting cheated out of things that were owed him, which makes you wonder if it happens so frequently, why is that? Is it all Due to was it just that he only worked with corrupt individuals and companies, or was it that there was something else going on here besides that part of the story? I have no doubt that Tesla was really cheated out of many of the things he he deserved. Mm-hmm, I'm not sure that he was cheated out of everything that is attributed as being <laughs> something right, he deserved. Right. Um, but then we'll get into that again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1884, he makes the big move from Europe to America.
1: He he had basically no money at the time, from what I understand.
0: Well, he definitely had no money by the time he got there. <laughs> um, yeah, it took a little longer for him to get there than he had anticipated. According to one timeline I read, the ship he was on, this is just Tesla's luck, right? The ship he was on had a mutiny aboard the ship.
1: Oh, my goodness. I did and, not read
0: about this. And supposedly, Tesla himself was nearly thrown overboard, wow. probably for being a witch. <laughs> that that last part is just me guessing. I didn't have any reason, I didn't have, there was no reason given as to why Tesla would have been thrown overboard, so I'm just inventing one. But no, apparently the ship he was on uh, had a mutiny aboard it, Uh, he ended up getting to New York way later than when he expected, and according to some reports, had four cents in his pocket. Now, also depending upon whom you ask, he either immediately went to work for Edison, as in got off the boat filed the papers and went into the office, or he started the next day. That seems to be the two stories. (laughs) Either way, I think that's pretty remarkable, Um, and and he works for Edison, and he's helping them with their systems. Uh, Supposedly, again, he started to suggest to Edison that they switch to an alternating current model as opposed to direct current, and Edison was very much against that idea. So then in 1885, Tesla forms the Tesla Electric Light Company. Uh, An investor group actually asks him if he will work on an arc lighting system, and he agrees to do it, and then is later forced out of his own company with nothing to show for it.
1: Was was that all, I mean, because he, he started the company because he had been, uh, he had quit Edison's, correct?
0: Yeah, essentially that same year he resigns from the Edison company. And some say the reason he did that was because, again, here's another story of Tesla getting cheated, mm-hmm. that Edison had promised Tesla a, a, a princely sum of mm-hmm. $50,000 for a particular project. Mm-hmm. And when Tesla completed the project... Again, supposedly with flying colors and beyond all expectations, Edison then said, Haha, you don't understand American humor, I'm not giving you any money. And then Tesla resigns, even though Edison, supposedly at that point, offered an enormous raise to keep Tesla there. This makes Edison look like the biggest jerk on the face of the planet. I mean, I can't imagine my boss coming up to me and saying, Hey, you know when I told you you were going to make $50,000 if you did this thing, and then you did that thing, you did it really well? Well, you're not going to get any money. Oh, you want to leave? I'll raise your salary. That just, like, what kind of crazy person does that?
1: Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't sound, I mean, I, you know, it, it could, I certain, I've, I never met Edison. Did, did you meet him? You're very old.
0: Uh-huh. Tesla then claimed that he spent (laughs) the next year making money by digging ditches. So again, a great, great story if you're looking at his life in the terms of like a a tragic tale. You know, Uh here you have this genius who... Incredible super genius. The man who will one day light up the United States with his alternating current power grid making money scraping by by digging ditches. Yeah. um, Again, a lot of this comes from Tesla himself and whether or not all of it is true. It remains part of uh, myth, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I,
0: I don't doubt that, I don't doubt there were some bad business dealings. I'm sure that was the case, and I don't doubt he had some hard times. And maybe he did make his living for a full year being a, a you know digging ditches, and that was the only thing he could do. But it it sounds more. It sounds like melodrama. I. But sometimes life works like that. Sometimes sure. that's the. Sometimes that's the truth. Stranger Things. But anyway. Uh, uh, then uh, by by eighteen eighty seven, so you know eighteen eighty six, digging ditches. We don't mm-hmm. need to go into any detail yeah, no, there. That's, that's that's it.
1: Well, I mean, meanwhile in eighteen eighty six, actually, it's interesting. Uh, Westinghouse Electric had developed a transformer for commercial use. Yeah,
0: so that's another thing we should mention is that uh, one of the reasons Tesla was really pushing for this alternating current thing with Edison is that back in Europe that's what they were using. Mm-hmm. AC was, that's, that's the route they took. They, yeah, didn't, yeah. they didn't go down the direct current route at all. They went with alternating current. And uh, that becomes important when we start talking about the myths of, uh, of Tesla as well in a little bit.
1: Right, yeah. The, the U.S. was so embroiled in DC current, uh, the, the, the name the Brooklyn Dodgers actually comes because they were using direct current power lines that were kind of haphazardly strung across the city. And, and Brooklynites had to dodge these lines so often that their team was thus named.
0: The Brooklyn Dodgers. Dodgers. Whereas the New York Giants were called that because they came from a race of mythical creatures that lived up giant. Okay, no, I I just wanted to show off that I knew something too, but I don't really know anything. No. 1887, after the ditch digging has finished, Tesla begins to work with investors again and he establishes a lab at 89 Liberty Street in New York. And then. Just a
1: few blocks away from Edison's, yeah.
0: Yeah. And the next year, he starts to talk about AC motors and transformers for the American Institute of Electrical Engineers, now known as the IEEE, or as I always prefer to call them, IEEE. That one's for all you engineers out there. Uh, And he also agrees to start selling patents to George Westinghouse. So even though, you know, Lauren, like Lauren was saying, in 1886, you already had Westinghouse working on transformers and alternating current that was before Tesla had even started to work for Westinghouse right right uh, that that's something to keep in mind as well so 1889 he establishes a new lab on Grand Street in New York There's a lot of labs he had a lot of labs spread out throughout New York. he also lived in hotels mostly
1: did he um, even then?
0: Yeah, mostly toward the end of his life. But yeah, early on, he was living in a lot of hotels as well. I
1: think he also joked about about how his, his hours, especially when he was working in Edison's lab, were from like 10 in the morning until 5.30 a.m. the next day. Yeah. And, and so that a lot of his sleeping, A, wasn't really sleeping, and B, was probably under his
0: desk. Right, right. I can identify with that. Uh, in 1890, he begins to experiment with wireless power and fluorescent and neon lighting, as well as uh, x-rays, although at the time he isn't sure exactly what they are, he was well, calling no them shadow was sure. pictures. Yeah, this was before uh, uh, Wilhelm Rontgen had uh, really established what X rays were and what they could do. So Tesla was one of the people uh, who was observing the the phenomena of X rays early, early on. Yeah, there
1: were a few other people at the time who were working with them, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. In fact, that'll go into the myths as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, then, in 1891, he becomes an American citizen.
1: Also, I believe patented the Tesla coil.
0: There you go. An interesting thing. Uh, in 1892, his mother passes away. Uh, that same year, he becomes the vice president of the A-I-Triple-E, uh, which is even, it's A-I-E, I guess, is how I would say that. Uh, and he becomes famous worldwide for his lectures on alternating current. So at this point, he's on the lecture circuit. I mean, he's he's going from city to city. Uh, he stopped in places like uh, Chicago and New York, mm-hmm. uh, London, Paris. Uh, so he he becomes, again, like I said, like a rock star. He's known for these lectures. And it sounds weird for us to say that, that he's like a rock star, but... This was an era where these, these thinkers were really pushing the development of technology to a point where everyone was sure that, you know, okay, we're five years away from the incredible future. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, they were right.
1: Oh, sure. It's just
0: that their view of what the incredible future would be ended up being a lot different from what it really was. But it was a, an era of rapid development. So these guys were considered to be the people pushing that rapid development. It's really exciting.
1: Yeah, and th- things like when the Chicago World Fair was that, was that uh, oh, 1893,
0: yep. I want to say? Yep. Yeah. That was a, that was famous because there was a whole Edison-Tesla story there about who is going to provide power.
1: Oh, right. And it was really uh, Edison versus uh,
0: Westinghouse. Westinghouse. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Westinghouse backed by Tesla, sure. Sure, yeah. Westinghouse was using technology that Tesla had patented and, te- and systems that Tesla worked on, mm-hmm. but it was not truly Tesla versus Edison. That's that's kind of how I think even in a previous episode of Tech Stuff, we sort of talked about it in those terms because that's sort of the romantic way of doing it, right, is the mm-hmm. idea of these two geniuses facing off against each other and who will win and uh, alternating current won out in that one. So it was really Westinghouse that won.
1: Uh, oh, right, right. Yeah, the story goes that there was a, there was a business deal. Uh, the government was looking to contract either uh, either Westinghouse's company or Edison's company to power the World's Fair, and and Westinghouse won out because it was cheaper.
0: Yep. Yeah. Even and, then.
1: And when and yeah, and when they threw when President uh, Grover Cleveland, I think it was, threw that switch, I and which like a hundred hundred thousand bulbs lit up all at the same time, and people were like, "Oh, oh, this is a thing."
0: Tri- trivia for you f- folks out there who don't know your uh, history: Grover Cleveland was the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms hmm. as president. He was president. Then he wasn't president. Then he was president again. Huh. Yes. He also liked the song Funky Cold Medina. Uh, 1895. So then uh, one of the buildings that housed one of Tesla's labs caught fire in 1895. And his lab burned down. And the fire destroyed what was estimated to be about $50,000 worth of equipment and information. And
1: he had no insurance.
0: Yeah. And $50,000, it's a lot of money today. It was a huge amount of money in 1895 um and
1: and, and at, at the time he was experimenting with uh with radio signal yeah and and supposedly, according to him, was ready to transmit a signal 50 miles out to West Point, New York.
0: Yeah, so the, this is during, if you've listened to the old Tech Stuff episode about who invented the radio, there's a lot about Tesla and Marconi, and there, there's a whole story there, too, about how Marconi, like Tesla got a patent for for the radio, then Marconi applied for a patent, then the patent office overturned Tesla's patent, gave Marconi the patent, and then later on overturned it again and gave it back to Tesla.
1: Uh, later on, is in like the 1970s, I want yeah, to say. Yeah, after
0: Tesla was dead.
1: Yeah, long after.
0: Um, yeah, there's that whole story. And and there's there's arguments there, too, because, again, the invention of any sort of technology requires that you talk about so many different people who, who contributed to the, the discoveries that led to the possibility of something existing that it's impossible to actually point at one person and say, this person invented radio. Right. Uh, but both Marconi and Tesla were working on it, and, uh, and there's argument over – who should have real credit there Uh, but go listen to our episode about who invented the radio if you want to hear more about that because I think that that that, that argument is so long and detailed that it's hard to sum up in an episode just about Tesla.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, certainly another another one of those points that people like to bring up in terms of he was so downtrodden. Yeah, he is, no,
0: it's a good another point. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and that's a more firm one that, yeah, he absolutely lost that fight and lost probably a lot of money and fame. I think uh, 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 Marconi won the Nobel prize yeah. and all kinds of fun Pencil stuff. Cecil was Tesla's not happy about that either. Unexcited, yeah. Uh, in
0: 1898, he demonstrated a wirelessly controlled model boat, so essentially a, an RC boat, uh, at the Electrical Exposition in Madison Square Garden, where years later, Highlanders would fight it out to determine who would o- win the prize, and uh, queen would sing Princes of the Universe in the background.
1: I did. I didn't really like that documentary.
0: Whoa. Okay. You know what? We're gonna take a little break here. <laughs> let's let's take a take a moment to thank our sponsor. And now back to our show. All right. Getting back into Tesla's life in 1899, he moves to Colorado to perform some experiments with wireless power. Now this is where one of the big myths about. Tesla comes up, this idea that he wanted to build this huge tower that would tap into the, this, this resonant frequency that exists around the world and that you could transmit power wirelessly across miles of space. Um, he claimed that he had another one of those visions that let him understand the geo-electrical phenomenon he called terrestrial stationary waves, mm-hmm. an idea about tapping into the Earth itself as a conductor
1: okay it sounds interesting
0: yeah and it's not that uh, it's not that everything was, that he said was crazy or it was just that to be able to actually use this in a way that would uh, allow you to transmit power reliably safely without uh, losing power over distance or zapping and killing everybody uh, is something we haven't solved yet and there are a lot of people who say that, all of his work would have proven, if, if it still existed, we'll mm-hmm. get into more about more destruction of his work and where it all went, when it went to. But then if it still existed, it would prove that this sort of thing is possible. And it's only the energy companies that are keeping it down because they stand to lose so much if this, if this information got out. Uh, I... I'm hesitant to uh, agree to anything like that because it suggests that no one but Tesla could have ever come up with this, Right. and therefore this, the, the idea is lost forever, when I would argue we have people who are far more informed about electrical engineering than Tesla was, even though he was a brilliant man oh, and, sure, and a sure. forward thinker. Uh,
1: maybe less of a, of, you know, perhaps the people these days are not visionary the way that he was, but...
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe they just need to take a walk in the park yeah. and look at a sunset.
1: Think about some poetry.
0: That would help, I yes. guess. You know, but Hey, far be it from me to downplay the importance of poetry in the world. I certainly think it's important being an English lit major. Uh, in 1901, well, all right, so, so he starts to think really about wireless power and, mm-hmm. and the phenomena that it would be. like. What, what would go into making this and how it would change the world? And he really was thinking it was an, in, an interesting idea. So in 1901, with funding from various sources, including people like J.P. Morgan, he starts to build the Wardenclyffe Tower.
1: This is out at, at uh, Long Island Sound.
0: And uh, this is um, this thing is supposed to be a wireless power transmitting station, essentially. And within 1903, he starts to test it, even though the tower itself is not completed at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. And this this was a this was a tower that that again reached deep into the ground to kind of tap into
0: this this terrestrial. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wave, stationary wave. Yeah. I
1: actually have a really great quote from Tesla. If I I can read it out. Excellent. In the system that I have invented, it is necessary for the machine to get a grip on the earth. Otherwise it cannot shake the earth. It has to have a grip so that the whole of this globe can quiver.
0: Yeah. If you also remember the story about Tesla putting an oscillating motor onto a building and then nearly shaking it to its foundation, that kind of dates from the same sort of concept. Right. Um, Earth, uh, the, the, the Earth is still here, by the way, so that's kind of a spoiler alert to how this story plays out.
1: MythBusters actually actually cracked that one in yeah. an episode back in uh, two thousand six, I think. Yeah, they
0: showed they showed that it could like a a small repetitive motion could cause a bridge to start to shake a little,
1: mm-hmm. en- it, enough to notice a
0: couple couple hundred feet away. Right, but not necessarily enough to to make it crumble into pieces. Um, Right. But anyway, small earthquake. Warren Cliff Tower becomes an important part of Tesla's life. It was one of these things that he he really thought that that the terrestrial stationary waves was the uh, discovery of his life that was the most important. Mm -hmm. Out of everything that he'd worked with, with alternating current, with transformers, uh, with all these other technologies, those paled in comparison to this one. And so Warren Cliff Tower was very important to him unfortunately uh, there weren't a lot he, he didn't have a whole lot to show for it and uh, also he was uh, running up the electric bill
1: yeah yeah and Morgan was getting pretty sick of it meanwhile across the ocean uh, uh, Marconi had signaled the letter s across the Atlantic
0: yeah that, and, that didn't make Tesla happy and,
1: and and I mean and and you know Marconi was just such a such a newspaper darling
0: yeah he was again yet another person who was very good at, at catering to the media to Mm -hmm. get a message across. So, uh, you know, not unusual at this time. Uh, So in 1904, the Colorado lab is torn down due to excessive use of electricity, and the building materials are sold for scrap to pay for the cost.
1: Oh,
0: ouch. And in 1906, like you said, J.P. Morgan, who had been an investor, withdraws, and Tesla has to end up laying off a lot of employees over at Warren Cliff Tower. Uh, We're going to skip ahead a few years because this is essentially where he's working on This Wardenclyffe Tower experiment, which ends up draining a lot of his energy, literally, and Mm -hmm. resources, and without a lot to show for it. Um, The next date I have is 1911, when he started working with steam turbines and electricity production. Uh, He was – this was a big development. It was very important in the whole – part of generating electricity for a growing need in America because at this point you're starting to see communities get wired for electricity and uh, beyond just the the narrow band in the northeast that had it. So it was important to find different ways of generating it beyond uh, firing from coal plants. They wanted to find something that was sustainable even at that time. Mm -hmm. And in 1912, Tesla suffered another setback, although not one nearly as large as Lady Astor. Uh, John Jacob Astor was one of Tesla's most wealthy and uh, enthusiastic investors, uh, stopped investing in Tesla's work because he stopped breathing. Oh, He yeah. was aboard a little boat called the Titanic.
1: Oh, I've heard of that one. I think I saw a documentary about it once.
0: Yeah, his heart will go on, but his investment payments stopped. Oh, no. Yeah, he... Um, he went down with the boat. He did get Lady Astor on a, a lifeboat, so mm-hmm. he, he made sure his wife was safe, and he he stayed behind to uh, wait for his turn to get on a lifeboat, but tragically was not uh, able to do that, and he did die. And with that, Tesla lost one of his most significant sources of investment money. So it was another financial setback for Tesla. Uh, I don't think he could blame that one on Edison.
1: no. No.
0: Maybe Marconi, because we're talking about the, uh, the use of radios on the Titanic, but then that was more of a, of a personnel thing than a technology thing. In uh, 1915, Tesla and Edison are both listed as being uh, uh, considered for a Nobel Prize, oh. and that they would be co-recipients of the Nobel Prize. Huh. When the Nobel Prizes are announced, the prize goes to two people. Mm -hmm. That would be William Henry Bragg and his son. Now, the Nobel Committee admitted that Edison and Tesla were under consideration for the Nobel Prize, but they did not say any more than that. What has come up since then as the rumor, which is gospel in some corners of the Internet, that Mm -hmm. the reason why Tesla and Edison did not receive the Nobel Prize together is because they'd rather be caught dead than to share a prize with the other man.
1: That's a that's a good myth.
0: Yeah, that the rivalry was so great that they would both refuse a Nobel Prize rather than have to share it with the other. That's pretty amazing. Uh, and it may be true. That When I say rumor, I don't mean that it's fake or false or a lie. I just mean that we don't know for sure. Sure, sure. Uh, other people probably do, but I don't. 1916, Tesla declares bankruptcy. He did not uh, pass go or collect $200. No. Yeah, no. Well, you know, it was just not a good year for him. Uh, in 1917, he ended up proposing what would uh, – depending upon whom you ask. OK. people. Some people will say in 1917, Tesla predicted radar. Radar? Yeah, that he was the guy who came up with radar, but the, the government turned him down. The Navy board said that they would not invest in such a technology. By the way, the person uh, from private industry who was on the Navy board – Edison.
1: Well, he was, uh, from, from what I understand about the story, uh, Tesla had proposed this this way of finding ships underwater.
0: Yeah, th- that's the problem, right? So the more you look into it, the more you realize it's not radar he's talking about, not in the sense that we use it today.
1: Well, he he was talking about radar, but it was not really the best system for finding ships underwater. And so, therefore, when the, the government, when the Navy didn't, didn't really give him the go-ahead, it wasn't because radar is dumb, it's, or the Tesla is dumb, it was because it wasn't the right technology for the
0: application. Yeah. What Tesla did not take into account was he, he wanted to use tightly controlled electric beams of, of energy to zap them into the water to reflect off the surfaces of submarines, detect that those reflections, and the information would be displayed back in a fluorescent display. Mm-hmm. Which sounds great, except for the problem is that these beams would attenuate underwater, and so you would not get accurate representations of what you were looking at. You wouldn't. Right. Uh, you couldn't be sure that you know. E- you could be pointing it directly at a submarine and miss it because of this attenuation problem. And so it just isn't practical for the use that Tesla was suggesting it. And uh, and so that shows that Tesla had a misunderstanding either of the physics of water or the technology itself. Either way, it wasn't truly radar. It's not exactly the same thing that radar is. Mm-hmm. And it was not being used in the way that radar ultimately would be used. So while some people claim that he, he invented radar, that's being a little generous. Uh, 19th, we just busted a myth, and I had, I apologize because I haven't gotten to that section yet. Oh, no. But that's okay. That's one less for us to worry about when we get there. Uh, in 1934...
1: Wait, I, actually, oh. if, if, we can, if we can step back just a second. Sure, yes, uh, let,
0: let's, please. In, in
1: 1919, he published an autobiography uh, called My Inventions uh, that was published in six parts in the Electrical Experimenter magazine. And yeah. this is important because... Uh, it is one of the main sources of information about Tesla's life,
0: which is why you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Because mm-hmm. he was a bit of a self-promoter, so yes. there's not. I'm not saying that Tesla was lying in his autobiography. What I'm saying is you just have to take into consideration the possibility that he may have exaggerated some facts. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, not that he was purposefully trying to mislead people, but that when you become a self-promoter, that that can happen. Even if you don't mean it to happen, it can happen, which is kind of crazy that you're just, you, you know, in your mind, you're like, this is totally how it happened. And then anyone else is like, uh, dude, I was there. And that totally is not how it happened. Um, like Jonathan, you've never
1: beheaded anyone in the cold blood of a fight.
0: Not in the cold blood of a fight. Uh, 1934, the New York Times publishes an article about Tesla's death ray. Death beam. Yeah, this was um, Tesla said that he had come up with an idea that would allow uh, governments to build a, a device capable of emitting uh, a beam of energy that could bring down a fleet of 10,000 enemy planes at a distance of 250 miles. And that his idea was that by outfitting pretty much everybody with one of these, you would have that mutually assured destruction that makes peace possible. All
1: oh, right. He actually called it a peace beam, from what I understand. Yeah,
0: he said that it would really end war, because how could you have war if you can't fly over... Uh, another country without worrying about your entire fleet being destroyed, then obviously war is off the table. Mm-hmm. That was kind of his his somewhat naive uh, plan. And um, whether or not this thing would ever work is another interesting question, or if there ever was anything beyond just this idea that, hey, maybe one day I could build something that does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another, you know, it's another, another one of those, those things. It's uh-huh. a myth, right? Yeah. Uh, 1937, uh, he decided to go feed the pigeons in the park, which was a bad decision to make that particular day. As, as he was crossing the street, he was struck by a cab. Oof. Then, depending upon which report you read, he flew 35 to 40 feet in the air and landed and was perfectly unharmed except a little bruised or he had broken several ribs. It all depends on which person you're asking. Uh, Tesla said, nah, I'm all right. Other people were like, dude, he was messed up he was crying about his pigeons it was ugly <laughs> he
1: he had, he had at this point become a little bit uh, destitute um, he d- due to all of these various financial troubles over the years and and basic misspending i think had yeah didn't yeah
0: there were a lot of hotels that were uh, suing him because he had lived inside the hotel for years and years and owed them thousands of dollars and then he would relocate to a different hotel and you think like why would another hotel even trust him he was Tesla again this is a rock star guy and it it, it elevates the status of your hotel that he's staying there but you can only have Lindsay Lohan in your oh. hotel for so long before you're like, seriously, could you please stop making holes in the walls oh. and throwing TVs out the window?
1: Guys, I am sitting across from the, from the person who had just compared Nikola Tesla to Lindsay Lohan. I think this- it's an
0: apt comparison. Look, Lindsay Lohan hasn't reached the age Tesla was at when he started to really... Uh, contribute to humanity. So I think we owe her a year or two.
1: I'm just saying that if anyone actually figures out Tesla's particle beam and aims it at the HSW offices, just just, just, just let me know. I, I'm perfectly willing to give you Jonathan's geosynchronous coordinates. Please keep in
0: mind that stuff you missed in history class and stuff Mom never told you sit really near me. So if you love those shows, keep your beam particle pointed somewhere else. That's not cool. We'll be right back to talk more about Nikola Tesla, an eccentric inventor and lover of alternating current in just a moment after this quick break. January 7th, 1943 was a bad day for Tesla because that's the day he passed on. He was 86 years old. Uh, And two days later... All of his papers and and, uh, estate was seized by the government. Well, some
1: some stories say that his nephew showed up uh, the morning after he passed away and that his body had already been removed and that the nephew noticed that it seemed like some of his papers were missing.
0: Yeah, th- this is where one of those stories pops up. Uh, in fact, now that we've had Tesla shuffle off the mortal and Tesla coil. Oh, no. Thank you. I've oh, been waiting no. to use that one. Uh, we can talk a little bit about this, this idea. So there are a lot of rumors out there. One of the big rumors is that the FBI seized all of Tesla's papers and um, did so in an effort to uh, to use them for various nefarious purposes for the United States government. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, this is 1943. World War II is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so there is a genuine concern that information that has scientific significance could fall into the hands of other nations and give uh, – give other other na- nations a lot of advantages over mm-hmm. the United States, and so it was very important to guard whatever advantages you had against that.
1: Absolutely, and also, I mean, remember that that Tesla was a Serbian American. Yep. Um, as as such, the uh, uh, from. From, from what we can discern of fact, it was actually the Department of Justice Alien Property Custodian Office that temporarily seized his papers. Right.
0: So it was not the FBI. It was the Department of Justice.
1: And the FBI still, they, they've got like a, like a top 10 myths on, on the internet. Yeah, and that's, and number, that's 10. M-
0: yeah. number 10. Number <laughs> 10 is, is that we took Tesla's papers like, guys. They're like,
1: guys, we didn't. We didn't. For
0: reals, yo. We didn't grab those. And actually, I, I looked into it, and it wouldn't be until... Well, you know, if you read most of the stories, it's like the FBI took the papers and they never released them. And we want we demand that these papers be released. Mm -hmm. Guys, it was the Department of Justice, number one. And number two, in 1952, they sent the papers to uh, to Kassanovich, his nephew.
1: And that is that is nine years later.
0: Yeah. All right. Granted, nine years later, we're well, also talking about time during not just the World War II, but the Red Scare as well. Oh, sure, sure. So, so I mean, not that that justifies suppressing information. Also, you're talking about the government. Huh. So, it may very well be that there wasn't any intentional um, slowness on the part of the government. That's just the way the government works. Right. But I don't know. Yeah, I honestly yeah. don't know. What I do know is they did release the estate and the papers. And back to the,
1: Yugoslavia to uh, to his nephew. They, yeah. they wound up in a in a museum devoted yes. to Tesla out there. So
0: if you wanted, to, if you're one of the people demanding that there's a Tesla museum, good news, there is. You just have to go to Europe mm-hmm. to to see it. Um, uh, also,
1: supposedly after World War II was over, copies of his papers um, were sent out to one of the air force bases, and Project Nick was a thing.
0: That was anyway. heavily
1: funded, and then the papers disappeared, never to be seen again.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of conspiracy theories mm-hmm. here. There, uh, there was one, one person posted on Facebook when I mentioned that we were going to be covering Tesla today. So are you going to talk about how they used a lot of his work and the developments of stuff in Area 51? And the answer to that is no, because there's no real documentation of that. Right. Um, there's actually quite a bit of information about what went on at Area 51. It's stuff that was top secret at the time. But um, we'll have to do an episode all about Area 51 sometime in the future, just because it's a fascinating yeah, topic. Yeah. Like, but it 's all about you know developing things like stealth technology and various mm-hmm. kinds of test uh, te- prototypes for the Air Force or for the army uh, but it, but nothing like the Tesla death ray at least nothing that shows up on any real record mm-hmm. and I would argue that the reason why it doesn 't show up on a real record is probably because it didn 't exist. Um, the, my second choice would be it didn't work, and so there was no point in writing yeah. more about it. I don't think we would still be debating whether or not it exists if it actually did exist because someone would have come forward by now. Probably. Or, probably. or would have zapped somebody.
1: Although there there is a uh, stuff they don't want you to know. Did I uh, did an episode a couple years ago on this. You, yeah, can, you can go well, check that out on YouTube. That's true. You post can. a link to
0: it. Oh, Bolin. Uh, then also, uh, there, here's some other myths that Tesla invented alternating current. He did not. He did not. Uh he he alternating current was already a thing in Europe by the time Tesla was born. It wasn't widespread it wasn't like there was a huge power grid in Europe but there were people working on alternating current and even working on things like uh, induction motors and transformers mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at that time and so tesla even studied alternating current when he was in school so it's not something that he invented uh, he did however take the the knowledge that was being uh, generated around alternating current mm-hmm. and applied it and furthered it so yes. it's not it's not that he just copied someone else's work. He really did make legitimate contributions.
1: Oh sure, and it was it was his patents and his his work with Westinghouse that led to alternating current Becoming the the thing that you, the U.S. uses, yeah, and and the thing that is capable of going across long distances, and both of those are extremely extremely important. I mean, right, you can't downplay either of those. Yeah, but exactly.
0: Yes, but but you know, he did not invent it. Yeah He didn't invent it. He's not the reason why it's what's being used in Europe. Uh, so that's one thing we can kind of put to bed. Uh, and in fact, the, the first work with alternating current dates back to 1835, which was you know. 20 years before Tesla was born. So unless he also invented time travel (laughs) and don't write me and tell me he did. That's not that's not the case. Um, Look,
1: I would believe anything after watching The Prestige.
0: Yeah, Again, another documentary, right? Uh, Yeah. Beyond that, a Westinghouse, like we pointed out, was working on uh, distribution grids designs for AC power and transformers before Tesla had even started to work for the company uh, now granted again tesla 's patents and the information that he was able to provide to Westinghouse ended up making those much more robust and it made it possible to actually act on that. but again, it shows that he 's not the only one working on this at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, He's also not the guy who invented transformers. Those were first being used in Budapest in the eighteen seventies, right? Uh, and the very first modern transformer was built by William Stanley in eighteen eighty five. Hmm. Uh, he did not invent the fluorescent lamp. Alexandre E. Becquerel was the uh, first guy to uh, to observe fluorescence, and he did so in eighteen fifty seven, when Tesla was one. So again, unless Tesla was also observing fluorescence at one year old, and maybe he was—I mean, he was born in a storm, after all. Thor was his buddy. Um, you can't say that he invented that. He—he he did not discover X-rays. Uh, as, Ivan, as
1: we covered before. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: Ivan Poulioui, Uh I have no idea how to say his last name. I know I just butchered it, but—but but Ivan, uh, my buddy, Ivan. He—he uh, he had actually observed. The uh, phenomena of X rays before Tesla had, but just like Tesla, he wasn't really sure what it was he was looking at. He thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but he wasn't really sure w- about you know what this stuff actually is. It wouldn't be until Wilhelm Rontgen uh, really looked into it and began to uh, make theories and hypotheses and Tesla. Published some
1: really clever things about them. That's
0: yeah. that's when we started to know that what they were. But other other scientists had been observing it; they just didn't understand it. Uh, again, we talked about the radar thing and we talked about FBI. So those are the big myths. Uh, Other myths are, you know, the whole Tesla versus Edison thing. Uh, It was really more... Edison companies versus Westinghouse companies, and sure. not so much a personality thing.
1: Well, it, it does sound like the two of them clashed. There are a whole bunch of reports about how, I mean, r- right from the get go, they didn't really like each other. Right, um, and and it's easy to see. You know, they were both very strong personalities um, and very big showmen, and it didn't. It doesn't sound like either of them really liked. Not that anyone likes it, but but to be. Uh, made a fool of. Yeah. And both of them were in the business of, in fact, trying to make a fool of the other person. So,
0: Yeah, there was some of that. There was some showmanship. There was some, there was some, and, and I mean, there was clearly some sort of legitimate beef between Edison and Tesla, at least as far as, you know, Tesla getting the credit that he wanted. And Tesla, you know, a lot of his fortunes switched mainly because he made some really bad business deals. He, he, he sold uh, patents off. At a pittance at times because the company would come to him and say, uh, you know, there's this massive economic downturn coming. Uh, we need this these patents, but if we pay you what they're worth, then we're going to go under. And, yeah, and can, Tesla's mm-hmm. like, look, well, I'll cut you a deal. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they they were basically kind of like, can we give you a tenth of the fee that we're going to promise you, and then give you some stock right before a terrible economic downturn? And Tesla was like, yes, stock yes, you is can. good.
0: Give me that.
1: And and mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 the the famous Westinghouse deal where, um, uh, even 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 though Westinghouse won the the so-called War of the Currents the company was not doing well and and wound up after they had built the uh the generator at niagara i think uh, started to go under
0: and there were, there were some issues with uh mostly it was just again just just poor decisions on tesla's part um
1: yeah t- tesla let him out of the contract just you yeah. know, said said like oh no you don't have to pay me the rest that's fine you save your company
0: yeah, yeah, oh, which is which
1: is great. I mean, it's lovely. It's a nice. It's a terrific. I mean, but you know, it's it's when you when you end up having no friends other than pigeons and owing every hotel in New York money. Uh, maybe that's why.
0: Yeah, yeah, that could that could be one of the factors. Um, he he certainly, and I I know that people are probably listening to this episode and thinking that I'm I I think Tesla was uh, a worthless layabout. That it, nothing could be further from the truth. I think he really did make. Incredible contributions to uh, to the success of the United States in general, and to several technologies around the world in particular. But it's also important not to overstate his contributions and to understand, especially that at
1: the expense of other very important inventors and, right. and minds and works.
0: It's a disservice to everyone else who worked on these same things and helped make them a possible uh, a, a reality, really, in our lives. And and. You know, you gotta also pay attention to some of the crazier ideas, like the death ray.
1: The death ray, yeah.
0: Or, or being able to move the entire Earth with uh, putting essentially a wire around it and tapping into the the frequency that it generates. Which, hey, maybe that is possible. It's just not practical.
1: Right. Yeah. That's. And I think that that's a problem with a lot of his latter theories is they they were not particularly practical. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he was also.
1: I mean, there there's stories about him having a couple of nervous breakdowns at various times in his life. I I think that he was. Uh, probably not necessarily mentally well yeah. for a great deal of his existence. I
0: agree. I agree. I think he probably had quite a few uh, uh, issues to work through.
1: And that, I mean, you know, considering how well we treat those kind of people today, it is easy to see how at the turn of the century he was not particularly given the chances that
0: he needed. And, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our conversation, our our, our classic episode of Tech Stuff about Nikola Tesla And believe it or not, I really admire Tesla a lot. I mean, truly was a genius, a a true genius, and someone who had been wronged quite a bit throughout his life. But that being said, I don't necessarily think everything he thought of was absolutely brilliant. I don't go quite that far. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this classic episode. If you have any suggestions for future topics for Tech Stuff, send me a message on social media. You can find me on Facebook or on Twitter with the handle TechStuffHSW, and I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app,